everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. We want to thank you for tuning in uh, to our YouTube podcast. Please, please, please hit the subscribe button as we continue to grow this thing from the ground up. You can catch us on Instagram at Edric Show, also on Facebook, The Edric Show. Um, we continue to explore the world of short films, and today's guest is Dania Denise. She is the founder and creative director of Runaway Mill Productions. Dania is an award-winning writer, actor, producer, and director with more than 20 years of experience in the entertainment industry, both in front of and behind the camera. Dania, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Edric. It's always funny to have to get used to the intros about yourself where you're just like, oh, I guess I have to list accolades. But <laughs> So it's always kind of weird to hear someone read it. It's like, yeah, I did some pretty cool stuff, but to hear it be read back, it's like, oh. Well, I, I left some stuff out. I mean, you're, you're a model, you are a consultant, you help people with their uh, acting reels. So we'll get into all of that. But you, you've, you're more than just what I listed. So you've actually done quite a few things in your career. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's make sure we get all that in there as well. Um, first Appreciate of all, it. let's start out. Tell us about Runaway Mill Productions. Absolutely. I started Runaway Mill Productions a year ago. And it's essentially an independent film production company. Could I do commercials and other types of projects like that? Absolutely. But my heart is really in storytelling. So short films, webisodes, features, definitely that mode of storytelling is what appeals to me the most and what I want to put my passion and my creative energy into. And going from in front, um, in front of the camera and all the years of experience, um, what was the motivation for wanting to start your own production company, and especially wearing all the hats that you wear? I'm used to wearing different hats. I have been very fortunate to be blessed with different talents and skill sets. And it's one of those things where I know my lanes, but I also know where I'm comfortable and where I'm not. And so the ones that I felt were a good fit for me, I just jumped into it 110%. So writing, directing, producing, acting, all of those things have always appealed to me. Being in front of the camera was pretty much a given. But once I got behind the camera and started working with other independent filmmakers, and seeing what that world was about and also realizing that I actually was good at it just <laughs> gave me so much more motivation to want to add those extra hats on. And after kind of having fun with local filmmakers, shooting different types of short films, shooting on the iPhones, just experimenting with the medium and, and editing again and, and learning that world, I knew that I wanted my own production company. It's hard when you found or co-found something with anybody, whether it's a business partner or a friend, a family member, sometimes people's end goals and long-term goals don't really mesh or they kind of go in different directions. But mine was always the same. I want to do this full time. I want to be able to live, eat and breathe and sleep this industry. And after helping to co-found two different indie production companies, I just knew it was my time. No co-founders, just me partnering with other professionals so that all the accountability for how I want to brand and present my production company would, would be with me. And um, so far it's, it's, it's worked out. So I'm very confident in the decision that I made to create this production company and create it on my own terms. Um, you started in 2021. So that's coming, you know, it's on the tail end of COVID. Did, did, going through COVID and that experience have any bearing on your decision to start out or is this something you'd already been planning even pre-COVID? The, the seeds were planted pre-COVID 
But at the time I was in a production company that I was already co-founding with somebody else. And so I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when, but I was thinking to myself, I want to manifest it. It's going to happen when it's meant to happen. And then the pandemic hit and everything came to a halt. And I, like everyone else, was at home with my thoughts. (laughs) And I ended up remembering all these stories that I had. And I, I just thought to myself, okay, let's let's really see where we can go with this to set up a production company, work on the branding, start building the social media profiles and start writing. I told myself, how often do we say if I had time, if I had more time, I would do X, Y, Z. And the pandemic was a silver lining that gave me that time I never had. So I I set a goal that by the time we would kind of come out of the pandemic or at least have it be a bit safer to go back to normal, I should have something to show for it. And if I don't, I've wasted my time. So I I was very diligent writing screenplays and getting comfortable because I'm not a screenwriter by trade. It was, I'm a good writer. I write novels and short stories, but screenwriting was a little intimidating to me. And then I just said, you know, screw it. Just start writing. Look at different screenplays online and see how they're formatted and kind of learn the pros and the cons and the do's and the don'ts. And I just did it. I just started writing stories and they all poured out. And I started to envision what I wanted Runaway Mill Productions to look like, sound like, feel like the content that I wanted to share with my audience. And what's important to me is the concept of showing an audience from the minute you write the screenplay to the finished product. I want them to be on the journey with me for every project. So it's not just the polished finished product at the end, it's no, here's what we had to compromise. Here's what we had to sacrifice. Here are the hours and here are the decisions that were made. And this is how, these are the things I struggled with the story or here are the bloopers. I want the audience to see everything that I see in, in the way that I present how I tell my stories. So the motivation was there, the seed had been planted. I just, I pulled the trigger and I just, I just went for it and, and never looked back. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. So where did you grow up and where did the passion for being creative, writing, modeling, where did that inspiration come from? I grew up while well, I was born on a naval base in the Philippines, uh, an American naval base. My dad was a merchant marine, so he worked on naval vessels and met my mom in the Philippines. So I was born there and then came to California when I was about maybe three or four. So I've been a California girl ever since, always been in the north. Uh, North Bay area. And my dad uh, was very creative. I got my art artistic skills from him because I also draw and illustrate and things like that. And my mom is Asian. So I got my dramatics from my mom. (laughs) (laughs) The acting side was just, you know, just was innate between the two of them. I was very artsy fartsy growing up as a kid, reading lots of books. I'm a huge bookworm. And I was writing stories from grade school, just worlds were vivid in my head. My imagination was always off the charts. So it was natural that when I got into high school, I had an opportunity to submit to talent agencies and my parents took me to an open call. I got signed. So I started working in the industry really because it just seemed like it was fun. There was no reality TV back when I started. There was no internet, really. Agencies didn't even have websites. You still had to snail mail your black and white headshots. And and so I got to be in the industry at a time when it really, for lack of a better word, was innocent. There there wasn't influencers or, or a certain set goal 
you just knew you were having fun doing it as long as it was fun and didn't interfere with my schoolwork. My parents were very supportive of that. So yeah, I just been rocking and rolling in front of a camera since, since I can remember. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, we, the last few episodes we've done, we focused on short films and short filmmakers. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is that uh, given your work now with Runaway Mills Productions, um, as you know, short films are, are, I think, my opinion, an untapped source of uh, really diverse and engaging entertainment. I don't think short films, again, my opinion, get the the recognition that they deserve because there's so many out there and there's so much wonderful stuff uh, that you can see. But what's your view on the current market of short films? Where are the opportunities for increased visibility? And, and what are you trying to do to differentiate yourself so that your short film can get the eyeballs it deserves? I 100% agree with you. I think that they are the unsung heroes of cinema. But what's really cool is that in the last few years, you're starting to see short films being positioned to really be embraced and loved by audiences of all kinds. Where I really started to realize that short films had a home kind of in the mainstream, so to speak, is with the film festival circuits. You mm -hmm. now have more film festivals than ever that have short film divisions, categories specifically, and even entire festivals only for short films. And I don't think, and I'm not a historian, so I don't know if that's ever really been the case before. And if it was, it certainly wasn't as amplified as it is today. And that's really encouraging because it's getting all of the filmmakers, all of the storytellers, whether they went to film school or they just picked up a camera or a smartphone and just started creating stories. It gives all of us the motivation to tell our stories and to put it on YouTube or put it on social media and, and all the different platforms that exist. So I think now more than ever, short films are in the best position to be championed and to succeed. So it's really, really exciting. Um, I'm going to veer a little bit, but um, you mentioned earlier about filming on uh, iPhones and things like that. Talk to me about the technology and how that uh, bar is getting lower because you can do some really, really advanced technological things now uh, with not maybe the budget you needed three, four, five years ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, shooting on a smartphone gives a whole new meaning to shoestring budget shorts. <laughs> there have been projects when I was starting out as a filmmaker behind the camera where we're just learning all these amazing things that these devices can do. Soon as we knew we could shoot in 4K, it was a wrap. Oh. <laughs> you know, this, the, the, the quality of it was so cinematic. Um, uh, there is a, his name of course is escaping me. Last name is Soderbergh. Steven. He, Steve, thank you, Steve Soderbergh. He shot an entire feature film on the iPhone. And I just remember hearing about that and seeing it and just being absolutely amazed. So I knew the sky was the limit. What made me feel really cool and like I was a real filmmaker using a smartphone was using the Filmic Pro um, app that yeah. allowed me to learn about f-stops and aperture and all the different settings, color balancing and, and things like that. Um, it was exciting to watch the tutorials and get familiar with how to shoot a certain scene a certain way using that app. It, it really just takes your, 
knowledge as a self-taught filmmaker to the next level. So that was exciting to me. And granted, I know I'm not going to shoot everything on a smartphone, but those early days of experimenting with those techniques and seeing, you know, using a gimbal and, and how to get certain movements and tracking shots and creating your own dollies where you didn't have an official dolly equipment. You just got stuff that could roll and be on wheels and you had your shot. That was the adventure of indie filmmaking for me. So shooting on smartphones, brilliant. I would, I would definitely do that again if I had a project that, that met those criteria where I thought that's the best vehicle for it to be told was, was being shot on a smartphone. Absolutely. <laughs> um, being in the business now, you're, you're very creative on the creative side, obviously with the writing and the directing, but um, you also have to be, I guess, what they call business savvy. So what are some of the maybe lessons you have learned? Uh, you know, maybe they're hard lessons, maybe they're not. Uh, just about the business side of putting on all of the hats, but still having that that business person aspect that you have to be mindful of to run a, a business like you're running. Yeah, it's amazing how many creatives either don't possess the business knowledge or they're just not good at it and they don't want to be good at it. It's one thing if you can delegate and have somebody handle all that, but a lot of times it, it is on you. And I love all the admin stuff. I'm such a nerd. People look at me and they're like, you enjoy this? I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. I love sending out call sheets. I, I love all that stuff. But I also had to really educate myself on contracts beyond just a talent release form. I wanted to make sure that the cinematographers, the sound people, the grips and the gaffers and the PAs, anyone who was on my set, I wanted to make sure that I was crossing the T's and dotting the I's and had the proper paperwork, learning how a crew deal memo works and what needs to be included and budgeting and making sure that my team was taken care of and learning all of those nuances was really important. And also my transparency when I work with a crew to say, hey, this isn't my first rodeo, but I also have a lot to learn. I'm still early in my directing career and I have a lot to learn and I want to learn. I want to know how I can make your job easier because when you empower your team, they will bend over backwards for you. I don't understand ruling by fear or by ego. I don't really care what you've done. If you don't treat your people well, it doesn't matter to me. So going to each person and having that trust and that camaraderie to say, Hey, I would love to know why you're doing X, Y, Z explain to me so I can understand what you're doing and, and how it's contributing to the project. And I'm not going to micromanage, but I am going to learn to set my expectations. And I think that is also important as a business person is understand what you're bringing to the table, but also be very clear in what you need other people to bring to the table. They're not going to read your mind and people are strange, people are quirky, <laughs> people have their nuances, especially when they're creative. So communication has to be that much stronger. So all of those things were, were new territory for me, but I do my best to surround myself with professionals who I also consider friends who end up being like a film family, because then you can have those conversations and you're not going to be intimidated or they're not going to feel like you're trying to tell them how to do their job. So all of those things were a crash course that I got over the past year. And <laughs> thankfully so far, it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, one of the goals you have, and actually it's a mantra that you have is to quote, uh, you want to use runaway film, film production to tell stories, create worlds and build characters whose voices don't always reflect what's considered the norm and make that the new normal. 
why is that so important to you? And why is it so important that uh, these voices are amplified? When you are in a society where there are still very clear rules or expectations or limitations, it stifles creativity. Hmm. There are countless storytellers, writers, actors, directors, whoever, who have not had a chance to shine because the industry won't let them. It's set up so that they cannot be heard. And we're just barely scratching the surface of having the seat at the right tables and building our own tables and our own seats, our own damn doorways if we need to. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really, really late, but it's better late than never. And I knew that with my company, I want to be, I want to grow to be the kind of company where the studios come to me or they say, what budget do you need? Boom, here you go. Do what you do. I want to command that respect and that professionalism from an industry that was not set up for someone like me to succeed. It, it just, it just wasn't. And mm. it's taking time and a lot of resources, blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of like-minded people to say, there's plenty of room at the top for all of us to succeed. We don't have to tear each other, tear each other down or feel like we have to minimize our talents or fit into a certain box in order to have our stories be accepted and welcomed and told according to our terms. So Runaway Mill Productions is so important to me because it's mine. I'm in control of how I want to market it and brand it and the content that I want to create and the stories that I want to tell and the people I want to collaborate with to tell their stories, not just mine. And I think if I don't do it now, when is it ever going to happen? Um, it is so innate to my nature to represent people who don't have an opportunity to. I think if you have a platform and a voice and an influence to any degree, you should use it to help others get there too. So that's the thing I'm committed to. And those are the type of stories that I want to tell. Um, talk to us now about a few of the projects you've, you've worked on and are currently working on and um, how can people get access to uh, some of the work you've been doing? Sure. So I've been fortunate to shoot some pretty cool short films where thankfully I had a budget. I had an executive <laughs> producer who said, hey, I support the arts. I like what you're doing. You know, how much do you need? Let's make it happen. Uh, after I picked my job off the floor, because that does not happen. That does not day. happen. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to say it like it is. I know how fortunate I am. There are so many filmmakers that invest their own money. And I have in the past, for sure. Um, but the first one that I did was a film trailer, which was a proof of concept. And that was on my own. That wasn't with an executive producer. That was self-funded. But I knew all the tips and tricks and networks and stuff like that. So I was able to shoot it for really a fraction of the cost. And that was a proof of concept for my feature film called You Were Just Here. Hmm. So we shot that in January of 2021. We finished principal photography by the end or beginning of February. And I edited the whole thing. I was just hands were all over that project. So it was nice to be able to put it together according to the way I saw the vision and my team was wonderful. And then after that, I was approached by a family friend who fell in love with screenwriting and said, I've got this interesting story called No Trophies. It's a horror with some dark comedy and it's pretty twisted. 
<laughs> would you be up for directing it? And that was the first time that I'd been approached by somebody to tell their story. It wasn't a story that I'd written. And I read the first draft and it appealed to me. I was like, okay, this, this kind of ticks the boxes that Runaway Mill that I wanted to be known for, where if there's at least one element of the story that hits someone from left field, or went in a different direction, or it makes the audience think somewhat differently. It may be a story you think you've heard before. And then by the end, you're going, okay, yeah, no, I didn't see that coming. That's really appealing to me. So we had the budget at that time, we got the executive producer on board. And it was my first time hiring my crew, mm. my actors, being in charge of the whole shebang. And it was thrilling to say the least because I think with horror you either get it right or you get it wrong and if you can do horror fairly well you honestly you can do anything any genre pretty decently so no trophies was so much fun to do and it's continuing to do really well on the film festival circuit so that's been exciting and then that led to another collaboration with the same writer Jim Jones and this time we did a comedy complete opposite with an ensemble cast called Yvonne Speaks we just entered it into a bunch of film festivals. And unfortunately for the general public, we decided to kind of take it up a notch and submit to festivals that have premier exclusivity status. Mm. It can't be on mm. YouTube, we can't sure. share it. So, sure. but we are gonna do a watch party in uh, mid to late July for the cast and crew because they deserve to see this wonderful film that they put together. But other than that, the public is just going to have to see the teasers that will show on, you know, social media and BTS stuff. And I'm also in talks with certain writers about developing their short films to go into production. And everything is just kind of in the different processes of, of production, pre actual production and post. And I'm also gearing up to work on my feature for you were just here, which I had mentioned before has the film trailer that inspired it all well you are extremely busy uh <laughs> getting everything <laughs> done but uh it's good work and um you know when when creatives can also uh have that foot in the business world um that's just going to make it much more easier as you go on so uh kudos to you for for recognizing that and and going out on the limb and exploring that that business side because that's not easy as you mentioned earlier it's, it's not easy wearing all those hats um last question for you before we get out of here um well, actually, it's two. One, who are some of the directors, filmmakers who have influenced you? And where can people go to get more information about uh, Runaway uh, Mills production? I love this question because there are several and they all have a piece of the pie as to why I'm enjoying the ride that I'm on right now. Robert De Niro, when he directed and starred in A Bronx Tale, that yeah. was the first time I'd ever heard of someone doing that an actor who then directed it and was in it and it like it blew my mind and I love that movie so he was kind of that person where I went oh so that can be done and it can be done really well so mm -hmm. kudos to to Bobby De Niro I love Regina King oh yeah she is an icon in so many respects but what I love about her is she is the first one that I really felt you know she's doing the commercials and stuff but she's just like I'm I'm the lady boss I'm I'm boss lady and it's fine and and she just really owns it. And she's so unapologetic with her power and her influence. And she uses it to do so many amazing things in front of and behind the camera. And I really admire that. I love uh, Reese Witherspoon because mm -hmm. she basically said, 
I created my production company because there are books that I love. I want to make them into, into screenplays and adapt them for film. And I want to be in them and have other great actors be in them and give them opportunities. And I love, that's the same kind of narrative I have. I love books. There are some certain ones that I definitely want to adapt and, and seeing her do it, you know, <laughs> imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So I want to do that too. I also really, really admire Gina Prince Bythewood. Mm. She's been, so to me, she was new to me. I really slept on that because I'm, I'm younger in certain respects to some of the films that when they first came out, I was too young. So I discovered her films later on. And then I absolutely fell in love with, oh, and I hope I don't get this wrong. Uh, is it Beyond the Lights? Beyond the Lights. Mm. When I first saw that and I found out that she had written and directed it, I said, I would have done it the exact same way. And I don't think that happens often when you see someone do a film and you go every decision she made from the cinematography, she fought for Gugu to be in the lead role. She had studios that mm. turned her down because they said, we'll make your movie, but replace her. And she said, absolutely wow. not. Either she's in this film or you don't get my film. And she made it happen. She got the backing. She got it made. And I think it's one of the most beautiful movies I've seen um in that genre i love it and i admire her so much for doing that and last but not least i love ryan murphy because he is such a talented storyteller he can he created glee but he also created the american uh horror story anthology wow i and, didn't know that yeah and and he's since then gone on to create a, other anthologies and shows he he's rated g to the macabre, the dark <laughs> twisted stuff, which I also like. I love maybe the rom-com and, and the safe stuff, but I also like exploring human nature and the dark side of things mm. and to do those things really well. He creates these realities that you wanna believe and I wanna do the same thing. So all of those people gave me inspiration and showed me that they're doing it and I can do it too. So I absolutely adore all of them. <laughs> Uh, and your social media, if people want to check out some of your reels and some of the ways that, uh, and actually some of your, your, your consultant as well. So if people yeah. want acting tips or uh, want to help get help with their actor reels, uh, they can look you up as well. So where can people find your information? Absolutely. So I'm very Googleable. So for <laughs> production stuff on Instagram and Facebook, it is Runaway Mill Productions. On Twitter, it is Runaway Mill. My official website, which is kind of just a good starting point, ground zero to learn about everything, including the actor demo reels, is runawaymillproductions.com. And if you want to get in touch with me for like acting stuff, coaching, consulting, I also have a separate website for that, which is daniad.com. That's D-A-N-I-A-D-E-E.com. All right. We'll put links to uh, all of that information in the description so people can uh, just click right below and get to... Uh, how they can get a hold of you and get help with acting, or if they may want to, they have ideas they want to throw your way as well. So, uh, Dania, congratulations on um, be being courageous enough to start your own production company because that's not easy, as we talked about. So, kudos to you for that. Um, good luck with all of your endeavors, all of your short films, and all of the projects you're working on. And I want to thank you for coming out and talking to me today. I really appreciate the time. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this show and giving other people like myself an audience. And definitely good luck with the rest of the show. Look forward to future episodes. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so You're very welcome. And please don't forget, everyone, hit that subscribe button. Uh, as we continue to grow this thing from the ground up, you can reach us uh, at just the Edric Show on Instagram 
and uh, The Edric Show on Facebook. I am your host, Edric Jerome. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Edric Show. We will talk to you next time.